like dicks uh it's it's crazy like literally you can um you can go on tinder you can go on anything uh you can have your weed your groceries and two penises delivered to your house at the same time if that's what you want uh it's still sort of a trip to me uh sometimes i get mixed up and i don't know who's who so i'm flashing my robe to my door dasher which is really embarrassing because half the time they end up being my neighbors uh another thing that i'm really kind of getting used to is dick pictures like these new young motherfuckers are very direct and to the point like back when i was younger in my early dating days we had to get on the computer wait for it to dial up and then do shit like asl to people like go on the internet and like talk to people we actually had to learn how to chat we had to ask things like what was their age what was their sex what was their location and uh, feign some sort of like interest before anybody gets around to sending pictures and which of course takes 20 minutes to download if you're on a dial-up modem which is crazy and now these kids just text you a picture of their dick like here you go here's my dick uh and i'm not mad at that honestly i'm a 30 listen i'm a 36 year old single mother most of the things that people want to send to me are things like past due notices, progress reports, fucking who to vote for. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of ridiculous. And I, so when somebody wants to send me a picture of their dick and it's not for a medical reason, honestly, I'm just like, yeah, show me that dick. Show me that dick. I'm not afraid of your dick. Give me some dick. Um, but something I've realized about dick pictures is that maybe it's just me being older. Maybe I have more of an appreciation for art. I feel like people could afford to be a little bit more thoughtful about the things that they put, you know, putting some effort into their dick pictures. Like, God, I don't want to, I don't want to see a dick picture with your crusty ass fucking hobbit ass feet in the background. Uh, and don't get me started on the motherfuckers that do this wearing some fucking Tevas. Like, really? What century is this? Seriously? Uh, and then there's also the people that show a picture of their dick with things like toys scattered on the ground, like children's toys scattered on the ground, like jump ropes or uh, like extension cords, oil stains. Like, are you pulling out your Stop.
Microphone stinks. I know um, this whole room stunk of somebody um, when we came in, but it's all good. We're airing it out. Mm-hmm. Um, next time we'll bring some Febreze. Oh, I hear a little it's bit of feedback. What's that I'm one? No. Stepping away. Getting a little bit closer and closer there we go. and closer. Yes, definitely. But we're here. We're here. You're listening to Sounds from the Street. And Dr. Frank is here from the Mr. T Experience. That's correct. Hello. How's it going? So far, so good. What's your impression of Mutiny Radio so far? Um, well, you know, I, I did 
um, shows at College Radio Station where I, uh, when I went to university at, at Berkeley, and it reminds me very much of that. Woohoo! Spirit of '84. Yeah, indeed. I don't know. Yeah, that's about right. I think that's when our board was purchased. Yeah. As you can tell, it's you know, it's seen it's seen some shit. <laughs> But it's still working. Yeah, it's it's still great. Yeah, it's been here as long as I've been here. And it's, you know, it's been a good eight-year run so far, not going to lie. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to recently. Uh, Well, so my band, Mr. T Experience, has been around since the mid-80s in various forms. And we uh, took about... A decade off in uh, around 2004 when everybody decided to stop buying records and um, I started writing books and then just in the last three years we started playing again just to see what it would be like and it actually turns out to be okay um, to try I mean if you're uh, if you're careful about the shows you choose you can have pretty good shows in many cases better than it used to be in the 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 classic years where uh, everybody is everybody is nostalgic or kind of they they mythologize the the late 80s early 90s but those shows were the kind of shows I'm talking about the Gilman type shows where 40 or 50 people would go now we can get more hopefully like um, three to <laughs> 20 so, times so that's it. so yes so and basically uh, I we are playing one of these rare uh, just getting started again shows uh, on Friday the 27th at the bottom of the hill with Nerf Herder and Kepi Gooley, and it's going to be a good night. It was all it was all all people from the distant past who are still going for some reason. <laughs> um, so that's why I'm here to uh, mention that on radio. Absolutely, and radio is still popping. Yeah, we're still around. Yeah, well, some people are calling us podcasts, but you know, pod right? (laughs) Well, whatever the the uh, talking into a microphone, going out to some speakers somewhere uh, is better than not talking into a microphone, going out into speakers somewhere. Absolutely, I like it. So tell us a little bit about um, what is the set list going to be like? Are we going to hear any new material next week? Um, yeah, well, you know, we, we have a new uh, an, an album that came out in the last year. Uh, and so that counts as new. And then may, maybe there's some uh, I, we got a couple songs that uh, that we play that I introduce as our new single if we ever get around to recording it. And that's ba- that basically is the situation. It's the 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 uh, there's a there's not a whole lot of reason to record new material in this because people still don't buy music, you know, so it's like you have to do it. You have to figure out an alternate way or an alternate uh, justification for it. And that's kind of hard to come by. So mm-hmm. in a, it, it's a lot like going back into the past where you're imagining what it would be like to be a rock star when you're just, you know, in your bedroom staring up at your, you know, Rolling Stones posters. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. You imagine what it would be like to have our new single, but the difference between imagining it and actually recording it and putting it out, mm-hmm 
is not that it's hard to spot a little bit. So, but we still play the songs and they're good songs. I write lots of songs. I'm pretty good at it, but, uh, I mean, honestly, I think, I think I am. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, but it's all focused on playing them live before people. And it's the same theory behind the set list, which is, uh, we just, we, we try to, you know, pick and choose from that. I mean, it's like 35 years or some crazy thing like that of, of, of songs. So we try to choose from the different eras, but basically the ones that, uh, that come off the best that we like the best. Um, there's always people disappointed cause we didn't play their favorite song, but, and, and that is a bit sad cause you can't know them all. But in the other, on the other hand, there's people who are, who care enough to be angry when they don't hear their favorite song. <laughs> yeah. So that's something. For you. That's something. There's, there's, is a, in, indifference would be worse, mm-hmm. so I think. So, uh, yeah, um, we have a, we have a, uh, evolving set. We're trying to learn more of the old songs, but you know, we just, <laughs> it's impossible to know them all. There are like, I don't know, 300 or so. Wow. So mm. we know mm. probably 40 of them. At nice. this point. Well, better li- better forty than zero. Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, we started at zero. I mean, I still can't remember my own songs very well, and I have to when there's a when a when we decide let's add this one to the set list. I've got to look them up. I look up my own lyrics on the internet all the time because, mm-hmm. and they're often wrong, but they're you know genius lyrics or whatever. Mm. They're often quite wrong, but enough to jog your memory. I mean, it's a lot of words to remember. So I'm, I mean, I'm glad the internet's there, but it's funny how wrong it is sometimes. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, they got that wrong. So what did you, what kind of hobbies did you take up over those, that 10 year grace period? Um, well, you know, hobbies, I don't know about hobbies. Uh, I wrote, I wrote three novels and, um, I, you know, continued to write songs and, but it just was more, you know, the audience was my cat basically for uh, um, several albums worth of songs. We, you know, maybe we'll do some of them, uh, you know, maybe we'll do it in the, in the future. Um, it was um, just, you know, and I'm still, I'm still writing books, although uh, you know, the, the, they, there's a, a balancing act between rock and roll and literature that mm. I find it kind of hard to do those two things simultaneously. Mm. Um, but I did kind of uh, meld the two together. So our last album uh, was the soundtrack to the most recent book. So it was songs from the book that that we recorded so that's king dork approximately the album Mm -hmm. the book was king dork approximately and i tend to continue that but your question was about hobbies you know (laughs) you know i still have the same same hobby just you know i i i I write songs i write Mm -hmm. books uh i that's like enough mm-hmm. it's enough thing to do with that that takes up your whole day fills up time real quick i'm sure and um, you're going to be, not only are you playing at Bottom of the Hill next Friday, July 27th, you're also going to be playing a show in Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, well, at, at West Hollywood at the Troubadour, uh, it was, was great place. The, 
great. Bottom of the Hill and the Troubadour are about the right size spaces for us, I think. We we have great time playing there, always have, uh, going way, way back. Uh, and we have been organizing our shows uh, in, we do weekends or extended weekends when an interesting idea that seems like it'll work come up so comes up so mm-hmm. when uh, we thought let's try to see what would happen if we to do a show with nerf herder and yes. then the result was these two shows but <laughs> if we tried to do more than that it might get it might get too complicated mm. and a little you know there's a lot more can go wrong every time you add a thing so we're keeping it still in the I mean, I said we've been doing it for three years, and that's true. But only here and there, we're still testing the waters to mm. see. We don't want to uh, blow the whole thing apart by uh, doing things that. I mean, if you do enough things that don't work, then everybody gets bummed out, and nobody wants to do it anymore. Right. And that is the that is that happened every time. And going back in the past, when my band would do tours, mm-hmm. uh, it would be, it would be this slow process of disintegration starting with show one and by show 45, it would be completely disintegrated <laughs> and the band would, you know, basically not be speaking to each other and would, uh, break up completely until the next time around. Um, so in, if you look on, if you look on it historically, I guess that 10 year gap was just another one of those, except the thing that fell apart wasn't us. It was the rest of the world. And so we, just, we needed you, man. We, we just, needed we, you. We, we just stepped back a little bit and then, uh, you know, now Jesus. we're, now we've, we've, uh, we're, we, we've forgiven the world and, and we're, we're back in it. Nice. Sort of. Yeah, I was happily surprised to see that you guys were back yet again. So everyone in the Bay Area, or if you're not in the Bay Area, go to the show in Los Angeles on July 27th and July 28th yeah, next 28th weekend. Yeah, 28th is, is in uh, Los Angeles, and yep. 27th is here at the bottom of the hill. It will be a fun time. Kepi's great, Nerf Herder's great. We're pretty good, too. So, uh, And you never know, it might be your last chance to see any of these people. Because you know we're not we're we're not getting any younger, and uh, it's it's on the borderline of whether it's worth it or not. Right. So it's like you know that this could be the time when okay. some one of us decides, all right, that's it. So could be your last chance if you ever if you like the kind of thing we're talking about. Um, uh, that's an argument for going. You know, if you're deciding. I'm this going. Is a show, it's a good time. Yeah, <laughs> go out. Yeah. Have a fun time. I we I went. Um, I don't know how many years ago it was that that uh, when we went to the Harley Street Bluegrass just to see Chris Christopherson because on that theory, like this could be the last time before he yeah, dies, and it was great. Um, I but I was weeping the whole time <laughs> because I mean his songs are great and very moving, but also he was so delicate and so much. Uh, I mean it added a lot to the drama of these songs, mm. which are very dramatic and sort of emotional and everything but the whole time i was thinking this is the last time this is the this is the last the last time so yeah so if you wanna if you wanna no i'm just no 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 but it's you know sweat off my shoulders no he and he's done shows so subsequently i could have gone to i don't think it could be as good as i was just it was a it was a personal moment for me um what i'm saying is 
you never know what's going to happen to people when you know once uh it's like uh when prince was here during his he was doing like a, sh- a really random show at the regency oh no at the american music hall great american music hall yeah, was we were, one of his all-nighters where yeah. uh-huh. it's just like jamming yeah. uh-huh. and we and we jokingly said like oh we should go try to see him but the, it was it was like yeah real hard normal. to get in and like, yeah yeah and i was like well we'll just see him next time and then he Died or like, what? Uh, like yeah. Was it slims at one point? That keeps happening. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it's like if you have the chance to see your, you know, your idols or whoever influences you musically or otherwise, you know, just take that money, take that chance, and don't even think about it and just go. I agree. That's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I assume that you're going to have a lot of merch for sale at the show. Yes, that we we've got a good um, a good array. This is our our merchandise yeah. seller. Hi, merch this, seller. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I'm what? ready to. Spend. She'll sell you stuff. Yeah. Come on down. <laughs> She's good at selling people things. It'll it be a heck of a spread. Oh, Lunch nice. boxes, what? t-shirts, Ooh. vinyl, books. Yes. Um, yeah. Sometimes skateboards. Probably there'll be a few skateboards. Okay. Yeah. I'm sold. Yeah. It'll be payday, so you know what that means. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so tell us, what was what was it like when Mr. T Experience first got together? What made the Bay Area so special back then uh, for so music? Special. I, well, I mean, what, I, I don't know about music in toto, but uh, for us, when we started, it was not so wonderful I mean, there what, what we were i don't know even how to describe what we were doing but it wasn't what anybody wanted to hear including in the quote punk rock world um you know the the world that we we were uh kind of playing sloppy inept loud pop songs basically which which you know has the the roots of doing that go all the way back to the beginnings of punk rock and through the the beginnings of rock and roll it's not a it's not a weird thing to have been doing but you know at the time when i mean i in 1977 i was 13 and i i dreamed of having a punk band by the time i actually had one 10 years later mm-hmm. or so um uh that that thing was of no interest to anyone at all <laughs> punk rock was hardcore mm. it was all songs about reagan um uh, you know, if you, if you had a song that was not about Reagan, then it was like, what is that? What is that? This doesn't make any sense. And they were all, it was all, it was just, so we would play a Reagan show without the Reagan songs and it would just not go over it. It, 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 um, it provoked lots of, well, confusion and hostility. Mm-hmm. Um, so my memory of playing those shows in the mid eighties was just, you know, uh, all hostility from all uh, from all uh, sides. You know the punk the punk rock people, um, and then the, with the you know the the ones who'd moved on from quote punk. I mean the, the big thing I remember was this thrash funk thing, like Red Hot Chili Peppers kind of. Like everyone decided, well, you know, okay, Reagan's out of office. What do we do? We start slapping the bass. It's the next step after, you know. Uh, so uh, 
and that was alienating as well. And I tell you, they didn't like my band either, the Psychofunkopus people. And so the uh, so it was a it was not a welcoming environment. But um, the thing you do uh, in that situation, I mean, the only thing about my band that was ever that you could ever say was really punk was that we just did it anyway despite the hostility um and just barreled through and we did would you know they did i mean we played every we played every week uh overstayed our welcome every time um but uh then you know there was a after many years of this um uh see a very small but uh, a kind of a scene developed centered in the East Bay because of the Gilman Street warehouse that was uh, sponsored by Maximum Rock and Roll at first. And so then, a, you know, the, 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 a scene developed and then uh, one of the bands from that scene became mega superstars. And so then we got to ride on their coattails a little bit. And so we did a lot of, you know, our label, um, Lookout Records and our records on Lookout Records and our shows that were associated, our shows that we did on tours for these records were, there was a re that justified their existence and there were people who were interested. And so we did that for a while. And then the music business collapsed when we did our last record on Lookout in 2004 yeah. and everybody decided that they weren't going to buy records anymore without telling us. So we got back from the Jokes. tour and was like, how's, how's, how's the new record doing? Well, it sold zero because all the records sold zero. And then it was like, well, can we do another one? And then we turned around and their label wasn't putting out it. You can't put out records if nobody buys them, right? So everybody just stopped. Um, and that brings us up to date. Uh, as I said before, we started doing it again after after 10 years of licking our wounds and, uh, and you know, sort of recriminations all around. Um, but it start you know so it it started out with hostility ended in indifference and then now uh we're back uh it's it's a lot less less hostile i think people go to these shows trying to relive their uh their youth which is fun you know and they if they can, they come if they can get a babysitter and uh sometimes they bring the kids and that is you know and who are embarrassed hell of embarrassed <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, they don't care, you know, really. But What if I'm still a kid? <clears throat> well, okay. yeah, I mean, they, uh, but, but a lot of people do have their, their children Got it. and it makes me, it, you know, it's kind of like, this is I, the first time when I first started noticing that, uh, so I was, I, my first thought was, so oh, this is what the Grateful Dead felt like. <laughs> um, and so yes, it's like multi generations of uh, of fans. It's kind of funny. It's fun. I mean, we've been having a good time with it. And every show, in that sense, it's kind of like a you know a reunion of a kind. And so mm -hmm. everybody will come up, and everyone has a story when they you know it's how I I found out about you guys the first show I went to, and I can usually remember something about what they're talking about. So it's a sort of an encounter session, and you know then we you know. We, we hug it out, and then uh, they introduce me to their, uh, you know, uh, kind of bored twelve-year-old son, and there's, you know, uh, this is I the here? great Doctor Frank, and the, and he's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but 
<laughs> but it's uh, what I'm saying. I don't mean to. I, it's a good time. And if you bring your 12 year old son, I'll be happy to talk to him. So, uh, and I'll be nice and I will not use any profanity. So you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. You're a role model now. Yes. Yes, exactly. And uh, a an, uh, uh, role model no one's ever heard of, which is the best no. kind. I've always heard of you. Excellent. Well, (laughs) tried as hard as I could. Tried as hard as I could to to get heard of. I have a stupid question. Okay. Is Maximum Rock and Roll still around? I believe so, but I haven't really been paying attention. I believe it's in some form. I don't know if they still physically publish a thing, but they have a Twitter. Okay. I've noticed that, so that's still that's still a thing. Well, that's good. But you know, Tim died, and. and it, you know, I kind of, uh, personally, I'm sure a lot of stuff was going on, uh, in the, in the, what remained and I'm sure maybe it's risen from the ashes several times, like all of us have, uh, but I, I have haven't been, uh, haven't had the occasion to find out about it, but I think it's still, it's still a thing of some form. It's almost like, excuse me, social media has taken over and now it's like up to you to kind of put it out there, right? Unless there's like a bunch of money behind it. Right. And even when there's a bunch of money, I don't know if you can, uh, it's so diffuse and there's just so much. And then, you know, these, these social media platforms also manipulate things so Mm -hmm. that, I mean, if you ever try to do social media for uh, Mutiny Radio. I'm sure you um, have noticed weird things happening, like <laughs> like the people who try to find out information about you, like who deliberately try, and then it's just invisible. It's not there. Yeah. And uh, they there's all this weird behind the scenes manipulation that that makes it hard to know whether what you're what you are. Uh, uh, you know, trying to inform people about ever get seen. Right. And so it's just, you know, everybody's kind of flailing and um, they, there's this, there's this thing they said, they used to say, and I suppose it's still true that eventually something, if it's, if it's worth anything, will find its audience, but it's so uh, complicated now yeah. because everybody wants, they, they want to stick to these platforms mm-hmm for having the information delivered to them and they don't seem to it's very pa- i think the, the, the audience is very passive yes. they just say facebook show me what i need to see and then if they and whatever it is they go okay that's all there is and it's just uh-huh. um it's very frustrating when you yeah. are uh when you're not I don't know who the famous people are, but if you're not one of the famous people where that get priority priorities, I just want the, you know, three or 400 people in any town that might want to see my band to find out when we're playing. And that is this really challenging thing to do. It didn't used to be so challenging um, because those 400 people would know where to go mm-hmm. to find out. Now those 400 people think they know where to go to find out but it's just the things that they want to find out about are weirdly invisible in certain cases but it's a it's a a, no one's figured out how to navigate it as a small-time person 
Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm doing the best I can as everybody does. Uh, but yeah, it's challenging. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like a lot of local bands, they also like partner up like with, uh, do the Bay. Have you heard of? I have not do LA. So they're kind of like, they help promote, you know, up and coming. Yeah. Events and shows like that. Um, I'm not really sure what they are though. In terms of like, are they like publishing this content in, in exchange for money or? Idea comes from them sending you an email every week saying right. like this is just going to go down next week and this is how much it's going to cost or and you can also uh, sign up for to win tickets yeah that's kind of cool but it's interesting yeah. well um you know I take all the help I can get but I yeah. um I think that uh, my guess is that do the bay faces the same challenges that I've just described. Yeah. I think so, too. It's like, we all... We all do. Stop so. emailing me! <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, I mean, honestly, it's it's frustrating and irritating. Yeah. It's, it's a, it, and, you know, frankly, dystopian. But you you uh, uh, you you work with what you got because you don't have a, another option, so... Absolutely. Anyway, and, the, the, and in aid of that, here I am. Yes! <laughs> I found uh, Friday, out. July twenty seventh at the bottom of the hill. Uh, Mr. T experienced Nerf Herder and Kepi Gooley, and then the same lineup on the twenty eighth at uh, the Troubadour in West Hollywood. Nice. Did you find out through Facebook, or how did you find out? I found out through Facebook. <laughs> Excellent. Well, it works sometimes. <laughs> the internet's filled me in. Right, right. I mean, yeah, the, I, I certainly used to do that. But I think that that's the thing is that you put flyer, you know, it used to be, I'm, uh, I have a famous line in one of, you know, semi-famous line in one of my semi-famous songs, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, the taping flyers to the telephone poles. But you know what? I don't even think you, I mean, even if you couldn't do that because what's what's happening when people are walking down the street they're not looking at the telephone poles they're looking at their phone it's like so it's still facebook preempts the telephone poles you can't you can't you can't win it's just like how do you get on those people's phones you can't there's nothing you can do those pop-ups those goddamn pop-ups I would like to be a pop-up. I don't know how you get to be a pop-up, but basically, you know, we, so basically, you know, the thing is we, we gotta, we have it, we arranged to do a show. We're going to show up and set up our stuff and play. And, uh, the, the people who managed to somehow against all odds, find out about it, will be there and it'll be a little exclusive club that we're in together. And, um, it should be good. actually it's it, they're gonna it's gonna be a full room it's there the the ticket sales are good so i'm not complaining about it but it's just as a general philosophical yes. thing Absolutely. it's very hard to be you know on the on the sub level of show business now harder than it ever has weirdly even though there are all these supposed tools that you can use and mm. but the tools just like scatter into the void and they don't have it's hard to know uh you know how to make them work so yeah um, there's a little bit of manipulation going on so i guess they're going from playing here in the bay area to immediately going to la to play a show there yeah jesus <laughs> well you know that that used to mean if i think back on i spent i don't know 18 years of my life doing that yeah. you know 
uh, for most of the year, you know, like not, you know, you San Francisco to LA to LA to Phoenix, Phoenix to El Paso or whatever, you know, just these, and that would day after day after day, week after week, month after month. Um, and you know, getting, making barely enough money to, to fund the whole operation, uh, so it wasn't a perfect model then, but at least you could sell people records. That's yeah. the thing that you, that was good about those days. Hey, people are buying more records now than they did like what ten years ago. They yes, so that's it's true. Up a little bit, right? It's this the but the but the thing people buy the records. This is the weird thing now, which I'm not complaining about it because it is what we are doing but you make your records especially items for people to collect mm -hmm. but everyone listens to the free version mm -hmm. like people will buy the records even if they don't have a record player and i'm very grateful that they do it but the actual um uh process is they listen on spotify occasionally they That's will me. get a souvenir um version that might as well like i wonder like if you sold it just with a with just a I don't know, you put like a, a, a Jackson Brown record in it. You just like took <laughs> random records. If any, but how many people would notice? Cause you just, you know, cause it's, they're not they're listening to the, yeah, I don't know. They're but collecting. Yeah. They're collecting, which is great. And I, I'm, I'm like that too. I like to collect things as well, yeah. but it is a, it is a, it's different where it's like, I've recorded this great song and this is the only way you get it from me. Give me some money. I'll give you the song, but it's not that way anymore. It's like, I've recorded this great. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you, what do you, how pretty is the thing that you're selling as a tchotchka at your merch table? Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, it, it, it's the way, it's the, it's the way of the world. But, I know. Uh, well, I'm going to buy something on Friday. We're, we're doing it, um, that way and it's fun. I'm having a really good time on the sort of the, you know, putting out, I've been, you, you know, it's like uh, testing the waters and gradually moving into playing live shows and also been putting out records again. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. we're working on trying to revive and, uh, restore, all the you know the the past catalog and everything which is a whole big project and such um but you're doing it in the spirit of historical preservation rather than exactly as a commercial product mm -hmm. um per se but it's, it's just an interest interesting it's a different it's a different focus and i i mean ultimately i hope that somebody somewhere along the line We'll make a little money, but this is all um, uh, all theoretical at this point. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> and if people want to find out more about what you're up to online, is the Facebook page? I, I am Frank Portman. Is Dr. Frank is my stage name. Frank Portman is my real name. And uh, I came out as Frank Portman. I know, I, I've never <laughs> used my real name before, I like, but when I, started, when I started uh, writing books... Um, oh, yeah. that was, you know, they, my publisher, uh, said that a first and last name, uh, would seem less weird to people than it's like, oh, by yeah. some weird, some weird doctor. <laughs> yeah. So then, so yes. So on Facebook, it's Frank Portman. I am also on all the, the Twitters and the Instagrams and I mean, it's, it's not that hard to find me just, uh, you know, do a Dr. Frank search and it's all there. Uh, and, uh, I try to, uh, be as entertaining as I can on the internet. So, um, uh, come on by, <laughs> check out what I got. 
did you like, come up with that name for your band? You know, it's a, it, that's a shr- shrouded in history. It's a long time ago. I mean, the best I can remember was, uh, you know, this was the mid 80s. Um, Mr. T was a very popular um, and um, uh, very strange celebrity probably the most famous thing that was going in popular culture and so in the spirit of irony and absurdism uh we had to put a name on a flyer for a party we were playing and we're drunk enough to think that was <laughs> funny um it i at, the, at that time i didn't think i would have to be answering a question about it 35 yeah. years later um and maybe i would have uh thought twice about it maybe not though i mean you know at at a certain point um it becomes part of history which it has and oh he he knows of it yeah and he's not he's not too pleased as from what i from what i've heard man yeah um but you know uh we uh we exist in parallel worlds I wonder what he looks like now. I'll have to look it up later. I think he looks the same. Does he? Yeah. Like 10 years ago, wasn't he like in Celebrity, like some sort of like oh, TV show? Like probably. Like God, it's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody was just waiting for him to say the catchphrase. And like, right. That's all he's like remembered for. Well, you know, and I'm sure, you know, like, you working it, I don't, I don't, uh, well, he, so he was on like like a, a reality <laughs> show or something. Or he was doing a lot of commercials too. Right. Like he ordering commercials and stuff. I just remember the A-Team. Yeah. Yeah. I used to watch the A-Team. Yeah. That was a good show. We all did. <laughs> That's all there was to watch, unfortunately. <laughs> all right. Well, we'd love to hear um, a song of yours. Yeah. Okay. We can. I can do that. Should I? Uh, I, I brought my guitar. Yeah. Um, it's in a fancy case too. It's in a fancy case. This, it's a fancy guitar, and that and it necessitated the fancy case. Can you still ah. hear me? I uh, can still hear you. What? I am opening. My- <laughs> <laughs> He's still so, here. Yeah. This guy. I have no idea why those are on the floor. By the way, but oh, excuse yeah. the mess. So, um, you, like, this is a it was custom made by this guy Jason Ingrody in uh, in Maryland, and you can see that the inlay like a like a like a like a famous person, um, but it was made uh, custom made a little bit too custom and was um, is it's deeper than the standard uh, guitar of its size and. No standard case was made that would accommodate it. And so I had to have a custom case made to fit it. So So let me uh, see what kind of tuning situation I'm in here. I should have done this before. No worries. Uh, Talk amongst yourselves. (laughs) So how's your weekend going? It's going going good. Um, Did you get highlights? No. My hair is just like, I blue dry my hair. That's so whenever I blow dry my hair or put heat on it, it just becomes a little lighter. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just blow dry. It still stinks. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does it sound like when I'm... Can you hear both me? If I were to sing and just do it like this, it would go out okay? All right. Well, um, I suppose there's no song of mine that is more... Uh, uh, 
well known than the one I'm going to play now. For better or worse, it's the one that's going to be uh, probably on my tombstone if I am. I'm not planning to need one, but if I do, it'll be there. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm just going to play it. I still haven't found a girlfriend, both tried a lot. So can you help me please, it's tougher than I thought. The odds are pretty good, but the goods are pretty odd. Still at this point I'd take anything you got. see this all the time, nice girls in love with jerks. What could they be thinking? Tell me how it works. If I got some problems, well, I wouldn't be the first. But the ones I have in mind are even worse. And even Hitler had a girlfriend could always call, could always be there for him, in spite of all his faults, he was the worst guy ever, reviled and despised, even Hitler had a girlfriend, so why can't I, why can't I? Full of contradictions I don't understand For every happy woman There's a lonely man Nixon had his puppy Charles Manson had his clan But God forbid That I get a girlfriend and even Hitler had a girlfriend He could call his own To sweeten days of bitterness And feeling all alone I'm not as bad as Hitler But it doesn't mean a thing Since they'd rather be with Hitler more than me I don't see why they'd rather be with Hitler more than me. <laughs> Woohoo! So there you have it. My claim to fame. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> yes! Well, thank you very much for letting me sell your airwaves with my uh, dumb little songs Aww. and uh, etc. Um... July 27th yes. at the bottom of the hill, Mr. T experience, Nerf Herder, and Kepi Gooley. It's going to be a fun time. And the following day at the Troubadour, same lineup. The historic Troubadour. Bring out, yes, yes, historic <laughs> Troubadour. I always think, you know, there's stories, a lot of, a lot of people of my, uh, in my, of my band and in the bands we play with, I'm a little, older than some of those there's their association with the troubadour is all of the hair metal um but you know for for me i just you know the stories of 
you know, of John Lennon and Elton John getting, you know, getting, getting drunk and starting fights and getting kicked out. And, you know, all that's like, just like every time I'm on the stage there, I think of, I think of that story of, you know, Nielsen, Harry Nielsen and John Lennon and, and, and Elton John just like, I mean, I think they actually came to blows amongst themselves as well and then took it out into the street. And, uh, and so it was a, yeah, good, good, good times. Good times. Wait, did you see them there? No, okay. no. It's just you know these are just legend. History, rock, yeah. The it's the uh, rock and roll history, the legendary material. So I have I ha- I know about that. I don't know about David Lee Roth or whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean even you know I'm sure there's some very oh. interesting things that happened with Poison oh. and oh, I'm sure. and, uh, and David Lee Roth at the Troubadour, uh-huh. but uh, it is it is dark to yeah, me. I like how you say David Lee Roth. You just single him out. <laughs> well, isn't he like? Isn't he the guy yeah, that the guy that stuff guy be told the about guy. that yeah. stories would be about? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he was a he was the front man. Yeah. And then it was uh, his little Sammy Hagar <laughs> with his uh, margaritas <laughs> and aliens. And... Is it Cabo Wabo? Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. No. He like loves Cabo. Like he's like in love with it. It's in uh, Vegas, right? Yeah. We we where do we went to? We went to that one of those rest with the fast food places at an airport. And then I had to explain who Sammy Hagar was and why it was funny that we were there. Uh, oh, he was, I, I, he was he's fr- he I think if I'm not mistaken he was from San Mateo. He Is he? he did yeah, he Oh, was, I didn't so, know that. Um uh yeah, and and I mean, I don't know. There's a lot you can Sammy Hagar is almost like a punchline. Like his name is like a is a punchline. Yeah. But Montrose was great, um, and uh, actually did see them when I was a kid and made a big impression on me. Well, uh, yeah, but um, th- you know, we, when 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 we get old, we get uh, more and more ridiculous, and oh, yeah. uh, that's just what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can see more of that this weekend. Yes, Friday, yes. July twenty seventh. See some real, some real pratfalls. <laughs> uh, who knows what's going to happen? Something right? you might, you know, something that might go down in in pseudo history. I feel like you know something, and you're just like. Come to the show. I know nothing, but <laughs> but <laughs> nevertheless, well, I mean, I do know it's gonna be a, it's gonna be fun. I mean, rock and roll is fun, yeah, and you might as well avail yourself of it while you can. You have a chance. It's True. gonna be a it's gonna be a good night. So while we're uh, while we're come. free, yeah. Yes, right before before while there's while it's still legal. Yeah, while well, it's still legal before <laughs> well, the rush. Yeah. yeah, before we. Are assigned our red cloaks and white hoods. Well, um, you know, anti-Reagan and stuff, man, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how did you get the lineup together in terms of Kepi Gooley, Nerf Herder? How did that come about? Um, well, the, I mean, I, I, I can't remember whose idea was first, but I th- maybe it was Nerf Herder emailed me and said, you want to do a show? And I said, well, let me see. And then our we had our people you know investigate whether that was going to be feasible and it turned out it was and then we you know kepi i always play he's he's a good friend of mine we always play on each other's shows so that was uh if, if you know he was available so that's what we did nice very logical 
if you want to see a bunch of rock stars rocking out. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen Nerve Herder since. I mean, we used to, we played with them a few times way back, and that's probably is the last time I ever saw them. But um, I'm a big admirer of uh, of the artistry of Perry Grip, and I'm really looking forward to seeing their uh, seeing what they uh, what they come up with as far as a live show these days. They're good guys, so it's gonna be good. It's gonna be awesome, and you're gonna have the the latest album for sale as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. and uh, as long as I'm uh, hyping albums, we put out the first of the retrospective uh, uh, series planned that's called Shards uh, Volume 1, which is obscure. It's like basically a rarities compilation Mm -hmm. that is the the first first volume of that and so we have those uh those are micro pressing so it's very rare we engineered it to be scarce and our label doesn't even have any of them so you have to even you have to find them in a store or you can get them from us at a show and i think i have i think 12 okay so 12 people can get them so yeah just and they're blue. Shards Volume 1. Oh, um, the regular vinyl. Yeah. 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 They're beautiful. Yeah, they are. It's a beautiful package. It's a lovely tchotchka. You can um, <laughs> pass it on pass it on to your kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hang it on the wall. It does actually have the re- it's not a Jackson Brown record. It actually has, <laughs> has our own record. record in it. It would be too avant-garde <laughs> to put somebody else's record into it. Although, <laughs> although I'm thinking if you had a if you had a, because we, we we conceived of this uh, engineered scarcity as being like a, a sort of a Easter egg hunt, like a record hunt, you to go to record stores to try to to find it. What if you had a label or bands or labels that got together and they mixed up the jackets and the records, so you had to you had to buy them and then trade with other people to get the right record? Um, God I, forbid that you. Talk to other people. I, I, Wait, that happened though. Didn't that happen with the U2 record? Like somebody actually bought a U2, like one of those three people bought, a, bought a, the latest U2 record. <laughs> and it was actually like a perfect circle, oh, I want to really? say. I didn't hear about that. That's or it was, uh, no, it was Tool. It okay. was Tool. It was a Tool record. It was New Two songs. Oh, yeah. So it's like completely trolling. Uh, so that was on was, purpose. That, that was, was purpose. really yeah. okay. So someone also someone had that idea. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think. I think you need to have. Uh, you'd probably need to have a, a little more uh, interest in your in your material than than we have yet. But you know, who knows? Next time. Yeah. Anyway, check your records <laughs> when you buy them to make sure. <laughs> That the actual record is in the actual jacket because, you know, you never know and you can't trust anybody, least of all me. So (laughs) make make a point of looking. Good to know. Can we hear another song? Well, you know, um, I I will do one more. Um, I'm trying to think of what to do. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I was like, don't give it away for free now. Um, You know... I would maybe do that one, but I haven't practiced it in a while. And I might—I forget my own words very uh, uh, easily. Um, I have a lot of my songs have lots of words. It's a song about a girl. 
a lot You look good on paper too But actually you're not She's not looking anymore For someone to feel sorry for So don't you come around no more Cause she's got pretty fake eyelashes Slanted plastic glasses Everyone who passes says she looks beautiful But don't even think about asking her to dance Cause in your sackcloth and ashes You're never gonna have a chance Sackcloth and ashes Just because she could She's not sorry for her sins As long as she looks good How can she have so much fun Knowing all the things she's done She's bad, she's strong Or maybe she's stupid But she's got pretty party dresses Manic panic dresses She believes that less is more The places that she's been Cause in your sackcloth and ashes They're never gonna let you in One day maybe You'll be way deep On this silly habit you get off <coughs> Excuse me for a sec <clears throat> Something weird happened there I believe I've, I might have lost my voice. Oh no, the show is ruined. Tough and strong enough and wrong and wrong enough for long enough to belong there. But till that day comes along, you'll be sullen and regretful, querulous and fretful, carrying a of evil thoughts and there'll be lots of girls and people who want to know where you stand but in your sackcloth and ashes you'll never make them understand sackcloth and ashes sackcloth and ashes sackcloth and ashes you're never gonna understand well Woo! My career is ruined. No, <laughs> just had a little bit of a thing, but you know what? It was. In, I, I liked. I liked how you were mouthing along to the words. That was nice. It's nice when Did people. Did I make know the you words. nervous? No, I felt like I was making you nervous. I was like, oh, shut no, up! You know, shut up! He's performing. I've been doing this for a long time, and uh, it, thir- thirty-five years of nervousness would kill a man. No. So, I get nervous too. I get nervous before I do an interview with someone like you, and then I'm like, I've only done this for 10 years, so just bite your teeth and do it! Well, here we are. Here we are. Um, you know, the, the, uh, yeah, I guess I can talk. It was weird. It was just like a thing. I had a little... 
It's stuffy in here too. It, it is. was like it's a, getting warm. Uh, it was like I was a cat with a hairball. But <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, like so, I, I'll I'll leave you with that image. Um, <laughs> it's a positive image. <laughs> Doctor Frank with a hairball. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll be standing by the side of the stage just in case you need that like encouragement. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, so yeah, well, hey, thanks for uh, asking me on. Of course, <clears throat> it it can It was a it was a very nice request out of the blue, um, and you know I I don't get a lot of chances to be at radio stations these days, and it's fun. Um, I had a good time. I'm going to mention the show once more. Yeah, go Bottom for of it. the Hill, July 27th, Friday. Uh, Mr. T Experience, Nerf Herder, and Kepi Gooley. And the following night at the Troubadour, same lineup. Absolutely. Check them out. Go to all the shows. Buy all the merchandise. And These are all good ideas. And then you're going to play another show right after that, right? Yeah. In the Bay Area. Um, oh no! Well, we don't have anything. We don't have anything booked. I, I'm sure we will. We, you know, we take a like I said, we take them a weekend at a time. And the next idea that comes up that is feasible, we will probably do. But uh, we did. You know, we played um, quite a few shows this year, um, relative to zero and uh, I'm sure we'll keep doing it again uh, we'll keep doing it doing it as long as it makes sense to do how did the shows go um, up north in uh, Seattle <clears throat> uh, oh, well they were they were very good people were very pleased uh, we hadn't played there in, in either Portland or Seattle I'd done some solo stuff there but as a band we probably hadn't played there till since since 2004 wow. so it was a lot you know the a lot of uh, people who it was it, like I was saying before it's kind of like a reunion sort of a situation mm-hmm. and uh, I, I enjoy that it's you know it's a, it's strangely moving to because everybody has a story and they're all very sincere about it and I haven't met any uh, there hasn't been I mean you 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 go through your life expecting that everyone you talk to is is just going to be a jerk and I haven't really encountered that. It's just all very sweet, sincere people. I mean, I guess they wouldn't be there if they didn't have some reason to be there, but still it's nice. I, I get, I get some, uh, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. I mean, you know, you play, you go for, uh, you play songs, you write songs, you play them, you kind of get used to the idea of people not paying that much attention or not noticing or not caring. So anytime there's someone who does care, uh, it's, you have a, it's a, even outsized appreciation for it. And, uh, so it's the prime, uh, situation for that. And certainly in Seattle, it was a whole night of that. Um, oh, yeah. it was very nice. Love it. Love it. And, um, what is your favorite venue that you've played in the Bay area? Um, well, you know, I mean, like I said, bottom of the hill is about the right place for us in this current, in these current days. We used to play Slim's was our, at our height, Slim's was our main, uh, Bay area place and we had great shows there. Um, 
Although, despite the pole in the middle, that fucking <laughs> pole. Mentions that pole. Yeah, I mean, and the that, pole. you know what? We always kind of get stuck behind that whenever we go to a show. There, they're like they're well, girls. They you, don't like music. You work. You you work it. You figure out a way. You know, you incorporate it into your into your your show. But yeah, yeah no, we had a. I love playing there. Um, but uh, bottom of the hill is is great. I'm can't. I'm trying to think of a. I used to really like the Berkeley Square way way back. Uh, Long, long gone in Berkeley. Oh yeah, I don't think I ever went. Uh, nope. But I, you know, played in um, pretty much. Most, I mean, you know, if you go way, but also the, the Chatterbox. We had great, fun shows there. Uh, was that in the city? That was in the Mission. Yeah, um, um, can't remember what wow. Cross Street, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was that was a you know little tiny little you know rock and roll bar kind of place that mm-hmm, was great mm-hmm. uh the there was the viz club which now is called the independent that 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 location although back mm-hmm. then in the in oh, the 80s it was I a it. it was viz. yeah viz right yeah it was a kind of a, a, a sort of a I would describe it as a sleazy uh, old man bar. Um, oh, it was all okay. velvet. Like everything was oh, covered with velvet. And it looks different now. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks very different now. It was Damn. it was the Viz Club, and there was a kennel club. And then every time they changed, it changed names. They would bump it up a little bit towards more show business. Uh, but yeah, but way back in the, some of the first shows we played were at the at that old Viz Club. But yeah, I mean, these shows we would book and we would make flyers for them and it would be just us there. So the best. <clears throat> yeah. Another weird question, which might sound dumb. Did you ever play the Warp Tour? No. You didn't play the Warp Tour? <clears throat> um, we were never invited to play on that. and They're uh, dead now. <laughs> right. And I don't, I don't know that <clears throat> from what I know, I know many people who have done it and from what I gather, if you're one of the small fry on that type of tour, uh-huh. it's no picnic. And mm-hmm. I don't it's think, exhausting. yeah, I don't think I would have, uh, I would have enjoyed it too much. And I don't know that it would have been this great career move. I mean, you know, we, uh, we just always did things on our own terms and that was too much of a, um, I mean, you know, not it was mutual. They didn't want us either, but I, <clears throat> I don't. I it, it it wasn't the kind of thing that we uh, that we tended to do. We we kept it small and in control of our, you know, in our own control. Uh, you know, both by default and by design. Nice. And who were your biggest musical influences besides um, Sammy Hagar? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you know, when I like, I would I listened to the college radio stations when, you know, when I was a, a teenager and that was when, um, when, you know, the, when punk rock was really happening and that's where I heard a lot of the stuff that I ended up liking and figuring, you know, I'm, I like the buzzcocks and the undertones and the boys and that sort of band that I imagined the kind of band I would want to be in. But I was also interested in lots of things and I was, you know, of, of the, I was, I, that was very much a Kinks fan and a Rolling Stones fan and a country music fan. And so I just kind of, uh, um, I don't know how to answer that question. Cause there, there isn't anyone 
guy or band that I was like saying, this is what I'm going to do. It was all just part of this kind of, you know, melting pot of stuff that, and it would, when you, when you listen to stuff on the radio, you don't always even know what it is. Or, you know, I was like, I would always uh, tape stuff. And Mm -hmm. if you missed the back and outs, or if the DJ didn't back and outs, which is uh, the case in a lot of situations, you just had to make a guess. And so I wouldn't necessarily always know what it was that I thought was cool. Um, and I think that when I decided to like the Buzzcocks, <clears throat> you would think that it would be very easy to identify um, those particular songs. But actually, there were a lot of bands that kind of sounded like that. Mm. So I think I, there every now and again, a song will come up and I'll say, oh, oh um, that wasn't an undertone song. I mean, I would just have in my head what the what uh, what these categories were without knowing anything at all. It was a lot harder in those days. You didn't have the internet where you could look things up. You just right. had to kind of mm-hmm. you were like a detective, and you had to piece together uh, from various clues what may or may have been happening, and it was often wildly inaccurate. Um, it's kind of fun that way. Uh, it was hard to find records, and the only way that you could hear something was finding the record. Yep. And then when you would find this record, it would. I mean, now you just go to Discogs and you order it. But you know, it was like you'd happened to. It would happen to materialize in front of you in a record store, and it would be like the hand of God so placed exciting. it there. And so you know, so it was. It was. It was a. It was a matter of, of, of kind of a uh, fate. Uh, bringing it to you and that's hard to explain to people now who I mean it was a it was a lot different something definitely more it it heightened the drama Um, it was way more exciting way more exciting to find that one you know advert single that you'd always heard about but never actually knew if it existed and there it was now you just Go discogs.com, adverts, discography, and then you just click it, and then it comes in the mail two days later. It wasn't like that. And if, if I think maybe it wouldn't have been so interesting if it, if it was like that. Um, I but agree. It is the way it was. It's still really exciting when Facebook tells me what's happening. <laughs> but you know what? There's still the hand of, hand of fate. It's still the hand of fate, but I think there's also a certain mindset along with it, too. Like, you have to be open to it whereas I'm like Crystal and I are always like you know who's playing or who's going to be in town so it's like we kind of seek it out at the same time as well if that makes sense inquiring minds like get results I feel yeah yeah well, you yeah, gotta work for it gotta work on for it. some level anyway I'm working for it I'm working well, thanks very much. <laughs> thanks for coming. It was an absolute pleasure. So, uh, yeah, maybe see you next week. Yes. And in Radio Land or in Internet in Radio Land, world. maybe we'll see you as well. If uh, if you come to the bottom of the hill, July 27th, Mr. T Experience, Nerf Herder, and Kepi Gooley, come and say hi. Yes. And stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. She turned my dad on. 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 She turned my dad on.
come out. I'm like, dude, he was still hella alcohol. He's still like three fifths of liquor. And then he come out with like like uh, meat and crackers, salami and turkey and shit. I'm like, why you still have meat? He's like, I had to get me something too. <laughs> he's, he's smart. He got you there. He got you there. That's funny. I seen uh, one of the comedian girls, Tavi, write down, is it stealing if you steal a whole rotisserie chicken in your purse? Look at that. And then a week later, I was in motherfucking Safeway and some guy
Alright, alright, alright. We're back. We are. We took a little break there. Um, oh, wait, that's your phone. <laughs> <laughs> we can all use each other's phones. Yeah. We're okay with that here. Alright, so Lyrics Born is here. How you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? Not too bad. Yeah. I'm enjoying this San Francisco uh, summer gloom we got going on. That's a beautiful shade of gray out there. <laughs> Yeah. You can always count in San Francisco for that. Yeah. That's how we like to do it on the weekends. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to recently. I uh well I just I just finished my, my tenth album, uh Quite a Life. Congrats. Thank you. And that'll be out really soon actually, September fourteenth, so less than two months now. Wow. And uh we just uh we just announced the tour, the mm-hmm. Quite a Life tour, which kicks off on the 14th at the, uh, at the, um, uh, where is it? It's in LA. It starts in LA. And then uh, we're having the official release party uh, here in Berkeley at Cornerstone on, on the 15th. So, which is special for me because it's, it's, uh, I've never had a release party. I'm from Berkeley. And so I've never had a release party in my hometown. So, Woo-hoo. yeah, that's, that's the 15th. Yeah. I think I've ever been to the Cornerstone. I haven't, but I've been seeing more like, you know, acts playing there, more yeah. artists that I'm familiar with playing right. there. So I'm like, I want to go there and I want to have a brew, like a local brew. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, it's it's my first time ever. Like I said, I mean, I, I haven't played there before either, and it's um, uh, it'll be my first time uh, playing there, and it'll be the first time I've ever had it. Uh, like I said, an, a release party in Berkeley, so it's kind of exciting for me. Very exciting. Yeah. And you're going to be playing a festival in Oakland as well next week? Playing Art and Soul this Saturday, the 28th, um, a week from today. Uh, that's that's uh, It's an institution in, in Oakland. I've I played it a couple times over the past 10 years or so. It's really exciting. The whole city comes out. They shut down the entire downtown. Nice. The Pointer Sisters are headlining. I saw that. 
I will be going on before the Pointer Sisters, <laughs> which is kind of an honor, a huge honor. So, can I curse? You can. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, it's good to know I can just be myself. Yeah. Yes. That's you can be awesome. yourself out on the internet. Right no on. Cares. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> very, very cool. What's your What's your favorite venue that you played in the Bay Area? Um, you know, I just played the UC Theater about oh. six months ago. That was fucking awesome. It's I pl- a great venue. Yeah, I played the UC Theater and um, it was uh, it was me and the Pimps of Joy time. We oh, we did a co-headline. That was so amazing. It was so much fun. So uh, and and the thing for me. Like I, like I said, I grew up in Berkeley, and when I was a kid, they used to actually have movies at at That's the right. UC Theater. Mm-hmm. And when I, you know, like we used to, even as a child, like well, when I say child, I mean like seventh grade, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. We used to sneak out and go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show on Saturdays yes. at, at midnight. You know, and I think the, that by that time, even Rocky Horror was probably twenty years old. Oh at, yeah. at that time. You oh know? yeah. And um, it was awesome. Like we throw bread and all that stuff, and, <laughs> and we were high AF in the seventh grade. You know, right on. It right was on. some cool shit though. So, yeah. and then it was closed for like a long, long time, oh, wow. and then they just reopened it like after a tremendous amount of effort. I'm told. You know, and they it looks amazing. It's great, and yeah. it sounds great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really love the UC Theater right now. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And Berkeley is having a lot of good shows. Like for me, like living in San Francisco, I find myself going to the East Bay a lot. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many venues in the East Bay now. Mm-hmm. You know, there there were none when I was like first starting. Really, there really? were there were really none. And mm-hmm. then um, now there's New Parish, the Paramount, the Fox, the, the Fox. UC Theater, the Uptown, the da 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 da. You know the cornerstone i mean there's a lot now it's great do you feel like live music is making a comeback for the past couple years people are like oh these venues are closing but now it's like i feel like it's coming back i would say so i mean i feel like the past five years really i feel like nightlife has just exploded you know and and that's not just the bay i mean you know i tour for a living so i see it nationwide i mean it's just crazy there's just bars open everywhere and you know, I mean, you even need like a you need a download card to get into a house party these days. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like all kinds of shit is going on now. You know, so it's yeah. great. I love it. You know, it's fantastic. That's exciting. And who would you say were your biggest musical influences growing up? I think you know, um, as far as hip hop was concerned, I mean, hip hop was really the gateway for me for all other music Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i think you know when i was growing up i think um probably like eric b and rakim when i was a kid like eric b and rakim and krs1 and public enemy and cool g rap and and then when i started to study the music when i became really like an active participant yeah that's when i started studying you know who the the producers and how they made them and all the sampling and then so that when when i started studying that that led me into like classic soul mm-hmm. and funk and mm-hmm. and like psych rock and prog rock and all those kind of things so and jazz so um really hip-hop was the gateway 
music for me for all those things and then you know now it's like i don't think a week goes by that i don't listen to james brown or curtis mayfield you know i need to listen to them again yeah i mean i i, I did i did not grow up in a musical household at oh, all really? no not at all i mean i my my mother had maybe 10 albums and they were all greatest hits albums. You know what I That's mean? That's my mom too. You know what I'm I saying? Like, I, it doesn't mean she didn't love me. She just wasn't like an avid listener, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I did. the hits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, it, I think that's pretty typical, you know, of probably most, how, at that time, of most, you know, we're talking pre Spotify, of course. You know? Oh, of course. But, um, yeah. So I think that, that that was that was my experience growing up. And where do you see yourself going in the next few years? You know, I just, like I said, I just did my 10th album. Um, I just, I did a couple movies recently. I had a, oh, a, yeah, I had a small, like a cameo in uh, Sorry to Bo- Boots Riley, Sorry to Bother You. And um, I'm, I just, uh, I just wrapped my part for a, there's a, uh, it's a rom-com coming out on Netflix called uh, Always Be My Maybe. It's uh, Ali Wong and. Oh yeah, they're filming in my neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna actually go see them in a second just to catch up and say what's up. But Ali, hey, Ali. Ali and uh, Randall <laughs> Park and uh, Keanu, Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so body with the body. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've been working on that. I've been working on that. Do you see these abs of mochi? I do. I do. Yeah. These are called abs of mochi. I love mochi. Yes, then you will love my abs. Yeah. You will appreciate these abs. Cheers to that. Have you ever seen a six pack of mochi? No. That's what my abs look like right now. Although they're not powdered. Yeah. You know, sometimes Certain regions of Japan, they powder the mochi. Yeah, so they don't stick. That's right. I invited them to do that to my abs, but that did, <laughs> that did not happen. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Thank how you. Did you. How did you get involved with uh, Sorry? Um, well, I've known Boots for 20 years, you know, just from we toured together, we the world together, we've recorded together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ever since I've known him, he's been writing screenplays, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and then one day he called me up. He's like, man, I, I, I got to um, do you know Boots? Do you guys know Boots? I don't know. Him. He was like, man. Uh, Maybe he's been here at some point. This looks like the kind of place he would frequent. Tell him to come. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was at Alamo down the street on mission. I don't doubt it. I mean, this is mutiny radio. I could tell. I mean, this is the guy that wanted to kill his landlord, you know. There we go. You know. He's been in that position. Right. (laughs) You know, I got to say, it's amazing that you're even here. Thank you. Can I just say that? We don't know how we do it. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know how Pam does it. I don't know how you do it either. I mean, is is it like one of those absentee landlords that like live somewhere else in the world? they they, They rack up their rent every month. They do. Yeah. All right. Have you ever met your landlords here? I haven't personally, thank God. Are they human beings? I don't know. That's a good question. That's crazy. Should, should we change the subject? You guys are starting to look a little worried. <laughs> you know, we're like, oh, shit, we should ask. We're, huh? always, raising, we're always trying to raise money. You can uh, donate uh, at mutinyradio.fm. We're gladly taking donations. Is this a fundraiser? <laughs> Am I here? It's always that? a fundraiser. Okay. It's a permanent fundraiser. Right. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen our equipment? 
<laughs> this is the kind. Let me tell you something. I grew up on community radio. I started in community. I was a community radio DJ. You get so it. all this shit brings back a lot of horrible memories oh my God, for yes. me. Thank you. <laughs> yes. You know what's up. <laughs> I to- I totally know what's up. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, I see the mixing board that. From 1982. Do you even use that? We do. Yeah, this is how this is how you're on the air right now. See, really? Yeah. Okay, I don't even know God. if my mic's working. Is my mic working? It's kind of working. Yes. I hear your voice, but I don't hear it in the headphones. <laughs> so, you know. It's semi-working. I'm good. I'm getting the thumbs up. Thank Why you. do I feel... Did you guys ever watch the TV show Taxi? Like the 80s TV oh show Taxi? I think my mom did. I feel like I'm in Dispatch right now. I used to watch that as like a little child. I used to watch it as a kid, man. Like I'm going like to see fucking Danny DeVito come out here and scream oh God, on me in a minute. He looks like he would come into one of these places. Totally. Like, hey, I'm Danny DeVito. Yeah. No, I like the I like this place though. You guys really need to re up on your T shirts though. I can see I that know, right now. That was for a uh, comedy festival that we had. So that oh, months ago. Did that pass? Yeah. Okay. It happened. We, we're still selling the T shirts though. We're still trying to make money out of it. That's cool. I, for a minute, it looked like you were gonna have a little puppet show over there with that <laughs> open box. Would you like to join in? No. Would you care to? Ex- no, I don't know. I don't know what might happen after our show. It looks like they might have a puppet show. Right uh, on. <laughs> There's always something going on That's at cool. Mutiny Radio. I can tell. Yeah. So, if we want to find out more about you online, what would be the best place? Lyricsborn.com. I'm on Instagram, Lyricsborn. Uh, Twitter, Lyricsborn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, Lyricsborn. Lyricsborn. Um, he, he's wondering where to check you out. Do you need my social security number, yeah. too? He needs it, yeah. The last four? He requires it. Okay. <laughs> Who are all these people out here? <laughs> this is crazy. It's we special. thought Are you thought getting bids you. from contractors? <laughs> what is, is that happening out there? Out? What's Boots doing here? What is happening out here? <laughs> I like this guy with the hat right oh, here. Oh, you know community radio. <laughs> This guy? Yeah. There's another guy with the hat. You know what was cool? It was like when I when I called and I was like, okay, I'm on my way. The lift took a wrong turn. I'm on my way. Do I need to get buzzed in? And then you're like, nah, you can just walk on in. <laughs> at cool. that very moment. Oh, yeah. At that very moment, I knew what I was getting into. <laughs> nah, you can just walk on in, man. It's cool. We've had We're across the street from the liquor store. You yeah. know, it's good. But it's a papusa store. Actually. Grab us a 40 on your way in. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's how good. we do That's it. That's how we roll. St. Idis. Actually, we got caught and we can't have alcohol now in the premises. You can't have alcohol? Why didn't somebody tell me this? I have this shit in my pocket right now. <laughs> PBR is allowed. I'm it's told. pretty much water. Yeah. <laughs> it's cheaper than water. Pretty much. Yeah. It is. Vitamin. Like if you buy a, um, a, a Dasani. <laughs> if you buy a Dasani is more expensive than a PBR. Holy shit. Have you ever had Dasani? Yeah, I like, like Dasani. Uh, yeah, it sounds so exotic, doesn't it? <laughs> I like Fiji. However, it's not. Hint. Yeah. It's Fiji. Fiji girl. Mm. SF born and That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> infused. Oh. You got the infused water. Ooh. <laughs> it's special. It's special. I like to infuse my water with malt liquor. Ooh. I don't know about you guys. Oh, hardcore. Yes, totally. <laughs> All right, so... You guys are looking at me like you're ready for me to leave. <laughs> no. Okay. No. I was just thinking, hmm, what should we talk about next? 
Well, you're going to meet Keanu Reeves later, so that sounds pretty. I don't exciting. know. I actually don't know if I am or not. You know, but I don't. I don't <laughs> know who's there. Up and just huh? Happens. <laughs> Keanu. Oh my God. Do you have a song for us uh, that we can play on? on I do not. No. I'm so prepared. Do you want to rap for us? No, I do, I do not. I do not. Why not? No. He's, he's so shy. You know what, though? It. Do you have uh, a, a Spotify? Of course. Yes. Lyrics Born, right? Yes. It's my 10th album, so there's a lot of music there that you can choose from here at Mutiny Radio FM. Okay. We just finished up our fundraiser. Whoop, whoop. We're going to go to the phones in a minute. We've got about six T-shirts left. What's our number? Um, uh, our number is 415-550-0511. I kept calling that shit on my way over here. I Nobody was picking answer. up. We were talking to Dr. Frank from we Mr. T Experience. <laughs> well, no, we don't answer because of a very specific reason. Um, but Because we don't like people. <laughs> what? I, I, I knew something was wrong when I kept calling and nobody answered. He answered. He's our secretary. Yeah, he. you know, you Bob were... He, 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 never mind, man. That's cool. I was He's like, speechless. I was like, who is yeah. this? No, you said that to me. He goes, who is this? I said, hi, I'm LB. I'm supposed to be a guest on the show. Are you supposed to be a guest? I said, yeah, that's what I just said, man. I'm, in my mind, that's what I said, you know. <laughs> And he then, just couldn't hear you. He was just trying to give you shit. He couldn't read yeah. the memo. I like this guy, though. Look at this. <laughs> I like this guy. What uh, uh, song would you like us to play? Um, You know, it's up to you guys. It's up to you guys. I mean... Um, Let's do an explicit song. Is, how, about, how about... Do you have a song on there called When I Get My Check? If you do a is search... Is that on the first album? You got paid. It was um we we released oh, yeah, I it. Do got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, we released that as an advance. It's on the album featuring myself, Charlie Tuna, and the Gift of Gap. And uh, hello, you yeah. just turned me off. I turned you off because I was gonna. Play. What the hell was that all about? <laughs> yeah. Are we are we ready to play it? You tell me. I'm sitting. I'm just. Yeah. Ready? Hell yeah. You were gonna say something. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. I'm so confused. <laughs> Check, ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to buy a real prehistoric stegosaurus skeleton and put it right in my living room as a centerpiece and out over everyone. My homeless homeboys and celebrities serve medical edibles, bottles of Moscato, octopus, tentacles, and American cheese. About to open LBs, exotic petting zoo, Betty Boo, water and tropical flowers in a kitty suit. Panthers and Bengals, leopards and pterodactyls, a flock of neon peacocks, my spirit animal. 20 pair of leather pants in every color imaginable. Matching feather hats because I'm so fashionable. Pay for my own presidential campaign. Janice James Brown, Jimi Hendrix can't play We'll go skinny dipping in a lake of champagne Anything can happen, baby, when I get paid My 
Snap check, I'm going on a world cruise On a boat made of pearl juice Full of whirlpools and a thousand inch flat screen To watch the world lose And a personal chef to cook up all the morsels Fire grip out in Bali, grow fish next to a molly plant Where I get to frolic in the sun, drinking cognac The world is my oyster life, stories like a almanac Fifty rolls horses just to floss on your Pontiac Exotic ass women wanna holler, yelling holler back Show them to my bed, but never show them where my wallet's at Got them that dude, coming through wearing follower ass suits Unavailable to you, cause they're not as extravagant as me G's on my breakfast, hundred thou on a night on the town Living reckless, I would love to sit and talk What I got a corner to with important people About some important things that don't I'll pay my family's debt I mean every last one of them heavy cash So none of them can say that I was cheap But frugal money so deep That Google keeps my rest off the GPS I would discreetly test at the base of Mount Fuji Where volcanic magma heats my jacuzzi To keep my security foolproof Mutated silver like killer gorillas In full suits and moon boots My bathtub would be a large round pool My martial arts instructor would be Raj Al Ghul My doorbell would ring like a large cow's boo With a sound engineer to make it all sound cool Private satellites are internet hotspots, sir and wall carpet made from real socks squash fur <laughs> Yes, I hold the upper echelon spot When I get paid, I'm smoking gold from a leprechaun's pot Let's go money, just talking about tent city yeah yeah i you know it's 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 an it's a problem in the bay you know like berkeley they have there there was like a tent city set up over by kind of where i grew up at over by the ashby bart station and oh, yeah. they had solar panels Oh, good for in that. the tent. That's genius. <laughs> Interesting. They had solar panels at the Free tents. Energy. I was like, that is genius. Good for them. Oh my god. We don't god. even have solar panels. I don't have solar panels either, man. I'm trying to take care I'm trying Can to take it. Yeah, I'm trying to take care advantage of these government incentives, you know what I mean? It's like they got them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where they got them from either, man. No, but uh Shout out to all my homeless partners out there, man. My man Rob, my man Jay, my man G, my man OC is out there. I got a few of them, man. It's a few men. Yeah, that I grew up with. You know, a few it, good men. It's a problem. Just make eye contact, man. That's all it takes. So what is uh, when I get my check about? When I get my check is that um, we leaked it as an advance from my album Quite a Life. Um, it was produced by Rob Mercurio of the band Galactic. It was recorded in New Orleans. And um, uh, Jazz Mafia Horns are also on it from, from, the, from the East Bay. And uh, it was pretty nonsensical. We didn't really get a chance to listen to it because we were bullshitting while, while the song was playing and talking. <laughs> and, and having a good time. Yes, which is cool. It's important. 
Absolutely. So you're going to be having a release party show? Yep. So so next Saturday is... The 20th. The 28th is our Oakland Art and Soul. Mm-hmm. So we'll be playing the main stage right before the Pointer Sisters. And then, you know, we'll have the full band out there. And then um, in August, we are playing the Star City Festival in Brisbane, California. And um, I don't have the exact date with me right now, but that is in all that is next month. And then September, the album comes out on the 14th, and that is when the tour starts. And we will be playing the official release party at Cornerstone on the 15th of September. So come through, pull up. Come through, get some local brews. Yep. Hang out in Berkeley for the evening. Yep. What else do you feel like is really exciting about Berkeley right now? What is exciting about Berkeley right now? You know, I'm one of those guys that grew up there, so I hate my hometown, you know? (laughs) You know what I mean? No, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. So, what is exciting? Well, I think all the new venues are great. I really love that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Berkeley had no venues. You know, I think the Shattuck Download you know was historic and it was there for a while and then they closed and there was nothing for a good two to three four years there and then we're for a college town yeah it really is you know it's kind of strange it doesn't really make a lot of sense but now we have all these venues and it's cool things going on and lots of cool shit going down yeah you know and it's crazy like like we were talking about um sort of like this bay area film renaissance yes you know and um, obviously, was sorry to bother you. Boots being from Oakland, myself being from Berkeley, and then we talked about um, uh, blind spotting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to the same high school as uh, uh, David Diggs, Berkeley High, mm-hmm. and, and um, I also went to St. Mary's, which. Um, uh, Ryan Coogler, the director for Black Panther, he went to St. Mary's too. And oh, so wow. that's but those are both Berkeley schools and uh it's just crazy how we're sort of in the midst of this uh creative film burst right now for all these Bay Area natives. I love it. Making it happen yes. in the world. Your stripes are finally showing. I hope so. Where are you guys from? SoCal. Okay. Whereabouts? Uh, San Monica. Okay. San Diego. Okay, awesome. Why are you here? For Why the here? hell are you here? I was here for school. Uh-huh. I came here before people wanted to move here mm. in droves. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I kind of, you know, been here ever since. Just kind of, you know, the job market's been great. Yeah. Um, no complaints for me. That's good. <laughs> How about so? Uh, just opportunity. Somebody, my friend was living up here and I was uh-huh. just like, hey, if you move up here with me, can, we can share a room and pay rent together. And that's, that's good. Yeah. And I was like, all right. That's There's awesome. way more to do in the Bay Area than there is down in SoCal. Really? Yeah. There is. Mm. I mean, especially when you're young. Mm. so much more to do. Well, you know, San Francisco is like young single person's paradise yeah i feel like you oh, know yeah. and then you know then you get married have kids or ma- or not you have to move out and then you move to the east bay or not or, <laughs> not or you get evicted right yeah, yeah. Oh, and then you move to the east bay that's always been at the back of my mind yeah. seriously what's that being evicted isn't being that evicted. that's scary that's, it is. like it's earthquakes 
No, maybe being evicted, then earthquakes, then maybe <laughs> getting getting stabbed it's by like, one of those needles on the bark. It's like in the hierarchy of natural disasters, yeah. you know. 